welcome to this week's episode of Tech Talk. I'm your host, Michael Amorgan. And right now, one of our co-hosts, Bequel, is running a little bit late. So I'm going to start the show off without her. And apologies to anyone that came looking for her, because I know she has her little fan crew. So, today's topics are, as per usual, kind of interesting ones. And we're going to start off talking about Skype. Yeah, that thing that used to be really, really popular for people to talk on and video call and, you know, have group chats and stuff like that. That thing that, you know, kind of died out after the invent of things like WhatsApp and FaceTime and, oh, like Hangouts and all these other places that people can essentially have group conversations, have fun, and talk to their friends. Uh, it didn't also help that, you know, Facebook kind of took over as well, and Skype just didn't really manage their stuff all that well. They, they integrated with MSN Messenger, and I think that essentially was the death ring for them for that time. Since then... They've done some minor upgrades. There's the whole Windows version of uh, Skype. Well, Windows 10 version that never quite worked out as well as the previous version of it. I know I personally like never used it, and I always preferred the older version of Skype to it. Uh, so there is that. So, uh, yeah, Skype has launched Skype 8.0, which is for the desktop version. Uh, it allows them to have HD video, so high definition video, which, you know, kind of makes sense nowadays since a lot of people are using high definition video webcams. And, uh, you know, it's it's kind of a long time coming, in a sense. Like, this should have been something that they had from way back when. Uh, they are seemingly starting to build in encryption, uh, which is, yet again, something that should have been a long time coming, considering that a lot of places, their whole thing was having encryption, you know, being secure and whatnot. So, the fact that it's it's taken so long when things like whatsapp quite literally were under fire for not being encrypted it's kind of a little surprising just how uh how under the radar they've gotten and i think it's it's something to say just because of the fact that well not as many people use them anymore quite literally if you're a business you're, you might be using them other than that, I don't see many of my friends on Skype often, or if at all. And the only times I'm really on Skype anymore is either when I'm, well, no, yeah, just when I'm doing something with business or I'm doing an interview or something like that with someone who only really has Skype. Uh, so most of my interviews on here so far have been on Skype. One was on Zoom, which was just the audio one with gibc digital's ceo and uh you know it's it's kind of weird like 
I remember back when I used to do podcasting um, for Gaia Online, which was Patai, people talking about Gaia, and then Snap Podcast. Um, yeah, we used to use Skype all the time. That was the main podcasting thing. And we used to use <laughs> a recording program called Pamela. Uh, this is bringing back a lot of memories for me. Wow. Um, and while I would do that, like, it's, it's weird. Like now I don't think Pamela's around anymore. You think that it was, but no, it's not. Um, so yeah, so looking from this, this, uh, Skype 8.0 is taking over 7.0, which mm, it's kind of weird considering that, you know, so it was there wasn't quite 7.0 it was 7.3.5 or something like that uh but they say 7.0 will no longer function after september 1st so if you're using the classic version like i am we're kind of being forced onto the new version yeah sucky but with all that it's also going to be allowing for things like screen sharing and calls which, you know, it's kind of weird. I thought this was already there. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure sharing screens was a thing in Skype already. Oh, wait. No. It was the only there in Classic. It wasn't there inside the Windows version, which is what they're trying to push us to now. Like, a lot of features are were missing in the Windows version. So, I'm glad that they're finally building these in. I'm sad that they're getting rid of Classic. Because that was quite literally the better version of Skype. Uh, apparently, they're building in mentions in chat now, which is great. There's a chat media gallery. So now I'm really thinking about WhatsApp and things like Discord and whatnot, including HD video. Uh, oh, wait, no. A chat media gallery file and media sharing up to 300 megabytes. That is the interesting thing for me right there. The massive file sharing capabilities that this is going to enable, especially if it actually enables encryption. Uh, they said they'll add more features in the summer, including most notably support for encrypted audio calls, text and file sharing, as well as built in call recording, which would then replace what Pamela used to be, uh, which we now no longer really have to use anymore unless like, well, because it's not really there now. They say that it's largely focusing on upgrading the visual elements of the new design, like color coding and chat messages and reaction emojis. Uh, and it also included the other things that I would have mentioned, which come out as of today, but may have already hit your desktop. Surprisingly, Skype still has some 300 million monthly, sub -use, uh, monthly users. Though it's not growing, it's more than likely shrinking at this point. Um, and like I said, there's there's been a lot of com competition for it: Slack, Discord, WhatsApp, uh, Facebook. That's just to name a few. In uh, Instagram, Snapchat, you know. Ooh, like I'm I'm honestly surprised it's been around for this long. But at the same time. I'm not surprised if they eventually just 
chill off Skype and like move it into Slack or something like that. Let me know what you guys think about this and uh, that'll be interesting. By the way, in terms of what you guys think, uh, we are considering changing the name for the show uh, from Tech Talk to there are a few possibilities, but the main one that seems to be sticking out right now is more tech. Uh, very similar to the overall user uh, overall name more cookies uh let us know your thoughts feel free to send us a message on twitter at more underscore cookies or tech at morecookies.com if you want to send an email um also if you have tech questions or just questions on a whole that you'd like for me to answer on stream or even for Quell to answer on screen well, just send us an email at tech at morecookies.com or hashtag M-O-A-R tech. We're kind of using that for right now. Um, let's just use that for the hashtag more um, tech on Twitter. And uh, let's see if we can answer those on the next episode. But moving on to the next topic, so we're not dwelling too much, is that Snapchat is seemingly starting to push with even more stuff to allow it to grow outside of the app so there was a lot of news uh recently talking about how snapchat is working with the nelson partners um to integrate for offline data audience targeting uh nelson if you're not uh aware of who they are if you haven't listened to some of our previous episodes they're essentially a company that works to get access to information like what type of TV shows you're watching, which uh, what types of food you're buying at the grocery store, what types of things, what exactly you are doing in your daily life, essentially. And this allows them to get a lot of information and they, they typically target a few people in every city and every state so they can get a grasp across the United States as to who all is doing what and where and at what times. So even if you're watching a particular TV show, you know, you say you're watching this TV show. So it then gets to say, okay, well, a bunch of people are watching this TV show instead of all these other ones. So this is the more popular TV show for this hour, essentially. That's kind of how TV shows like, <laughs> this is really going back in the day, uh, Space Ghost, Coast to Coast, used to be able to say that there were x amount of viewers that used to watch them at that particular time because they were using and getting this kind of information uh and while many tv shows don't really do that kind of thing anymore that's still happening behind the scenes so how does this really work for, for snapchat well they're working with companies like storyful news whip sam desk tagboard and of course the whole nelson thing um but those four main ones right there that i would have mentioned before nelson they're all news focused platforms used by journalists and media organizations so essentially that's allowing snapchat to open up news related content for wider distribution and if they use snaps snapchat's story kit uh that allows them to essentially partner up and allowing those four platforms to access and distribute news content posted within the app elsewhere. Uh, so they're, the spokesperson for Snapchat is saying, quote, starting today, Storyful, Newswhip, Sam, 
desk and tag board we'll be able to use our story kit integrations to access and distribute publicly act shared snapchat content to the thousands of newsrooms and storytellers they collectively reach snapchat content will then be featured and searchable within each partner's respective products journalists will be able to use these program platform sorry platforms to get alerts search for relevant topics or locations and to save searches for future use uh and they're also noting that this is not the spokesperson but an article for example they're noting that in addition to the news content the four platforms will have access to content shared with the apps discover channels that include editorial content from a select group of media organizations such as nbc news new york times washington post BuzzFeed, buzzfeed now this news and the economist along with news content create curated by snapchat's in-house editors so essentially this is allowing them to really get a lot more information and it's building snapchat to be more than just something that you would have used to share your nudes with back in the day i don't know how many people actually still use snapchat for that um compared to just like sharing wherever they are nowadays so i'm i'm pretty sure snap nudes are still a thing uh as not great idea that is uh now what they're also saying is that our social data agile technology and te journalistic prevalence um, is a unique offering that makes sense of social media for partners adding snap strengthens our ability to deliver the investigative research and video that partners need so they can report on breaking news and global trends with speed and accuracy that's what storyful ceo sharab farjimi in a recent announcing of the company's partnership with snap so essentially what this sounds like is they're trying to make a video version or a text quick snapshot version of twitter's moments yeah that, that that's that's pretty accurate right there for me it's quite literally becoming twitter's moments for snapchat which is something for video and pictures what are you doing snapchat seriously but then again this raises another aspect because snapchat is starting to well it's been going down in the dumps especially since they had their whole redesign thing going on and people left that in droves so the question then comes up how do you continue to get people to watch your stuff and to use your app and that's for them apparently going to be growing into other avenues so other avenues yeah that's that's looking to have to be well i guess things that people aren't already really looking for you're sure twitter moments are a thing and there are people that use them but those people already go to twitter for that and twitter's kind of known as the news source what exactly are you doing snapchat like are you trying to levy um levy yourself for that um you also have to keep in mind a lot of these things don't last long on snapchat like the whole idea was it lasts 24 hours or x amount of time and then disappears that's not really great for a news source 
I would have expected some of them to go more on the lines of places with Twitter and Facebook for that kind of stuff. And even at that, Twitter more so than any other platform out there, just because of how it's built. So this is a little confusing, and I'll have to definitely see how this kind of works out. I, I would not be surprised if this is just another platform for these places to share their information on. And it doesn't be more than that. It's just another platform. Now, moving on to the next topic. Uh, we have noticed that YouTube, much like a lot of other platforms, of course, starting off with Twitter, uh, moving on to other ones like Facebook, Instagram, uh, a lot of other ones on the side, Google Plus, for example, uh, they're starting to use hashtags. And apparently this is something that is working here or there. And it's mainly working on both mobile and desktop. So it's not really just one particular place. So if we were to go to a, let's see. Which one is this? Marshmallow alone. Marshmallow alone. There's an example. Right. Okay. So I found a website that essentially allows for this. And let me show you exactly what's happening here. Yeah, yeah. Vaquel should have been here for that. But she's not, unfortunately. So let me. There we go. So. If we look right above the uh, Marshmallow Alone Monster Cat username, and we actually look right above that, we see a hashtag right there called Future Base and another one called Marshmallow. Um, if we click on Future Base, it then takes us to, surprise, surprise, a bunch of web uh, videos that have this hashtag already being used. Um, so this is a great way to find similar content on YouTube without really having to just type in, for example, tech. And then you're getting a bunch of other stuff that may not be related to technology. Um, so, for example, welcome. Thanks for uh, tuning in. But like I mentioned, like this is essentially a good way to find information that's relevant to a particular topic. Um, so if we were to use tech and you can actually search this instead, it brings in information that's already done. Now, what seems to be the thing with this is it doesn't really show all that much. It only shows up to the first three hashtags that would have been in the episode. Uh, typically, they would, like, for example, right here, of course, come visit the site for more tech and tech news. So built on that kind of surmise, you can only really use three hashtags at a time. If you go more than that, it's not going to go and it's only going to go for the first three. 
So if you're making YouTube videos, you have to make sure that you're placing these hashtags really well so that you're not being, you're not losing essentially hashtags that are worthwhile. And so you're going to be finding a lot of hashtags nowadays in these kind of uh, episodes that are shows that you're going to be watching on YouTube. Um, more or less, you're going to find ones that are recent having them, though there are going to be ones that will take the time to go back in time, like I'm planning on doing this weekend, and actually putting hashtags that are relevant to that previous episode on their show. So it may take some time, but it, it will eventually help everyone in the long run. And I'm actually surprised that YouTube is doing this um, now, at least. Just simply because of how long it's taken for them to do it. And it's, it's something that you think is quite simple. Um, and it kind of reminds me of the whole story of what happened with Twitter. You know, some guy decided, you know, let's find a way to group things together so people can find them easily. In comes the hashtag. Twitter says no, denies it, and then he uses it anyway, and it sparks off this phenomena that just encirculates the, the web for the most part. Um, it's even where certain Reddit subforums are requiring hashtags for certain topics. Um, even though Reddit in itself doesn't really use hashtags. <laughs> so... The fact that YouTube is coming in so late into the game is surprising, but it's also not that surprising. It's something that should have happened a long time ago, not just now. So there's that. Now, I'd love to know what you guys think about this and how you guys would feel about me doing these kind of things in the future. So feel free to comment um, or message us on Twitter, like I mentioned before. The last topic now, and I was hoping Vicky would have been here for it by now, but she's still not. So there's drama on the Apple forefront. Big drama. So hey, Devin, how you doing, man? Now, here's the thing. MacBooks, the most recent version, the 2018 version came out and it had some great specs. Vicky, for example, quite literally called it the heavenly MacBook Pro before the uh, controversy came out. But then the controversy came out. <laughs> and while it's got amazing specs like these are some top-notch stuff like it's got you can you can opt for a intel i9 processor it's got six cores of cpu um it's got it goes up to 209 gigahertz like quite literally this thing is made to be a, a powerhouse among powerhouses when it comes to rendering videos and like making things just like zip fast. So what happened? Yeah, apparently even with all that processing power, Apple essentially pulled something similar to what they did 
with the iPhone, which is with the battery. Now the iPhones did battery. The MacBook Pros are a little different. And I'm going to get to what happened with the MacBooks. But for a little bit of history, I want to talk about the iPhones. Uh, with the iPhone 6S and whatnot, and some older devices, Apple started to throttle the battery life, essentially, so that the phones wouldn't get hot. And the processor inside them wouldn't, you know, start to really wear down on the battery life and really cause it to go down very quickly. Well, with the MacBooks, they took it a step further. They didn't throttle the batteries. And the temperatures can get really high on it. So high that they've actually decided that they're going to... Mm, they're going to actually throttle the CPU. And instead of it being that powerhouse, 2.9 gigahertz... That's just whopping everything. They put it down to 2.2, which is much slower than the version before it, which is the uh, KB Lake version of the uh, Intel processors. Not great, especially when you're spending like over $2,000 on a laptop, expecting you're going to get the best performance, but you quite literally then have to... <laughs> cool down your laptop before you can even get back to that and it's worse off now because the 2017 version of the macbook pro is actually faster in the long run than the 2018 version so here's an example of the difference um when you render on both devices the 2000 17 macbook pro with only four cores for cpu rendered a file in 35 minutes and 22 seconds the 2018 version which has six cores and is supposed to be much more powerful especially since you're spending over two thousand dollars for it actually took 39 minutes and 37 seconds to render this file and that's not what you're looking for when you're supposed to be getting the next version of hardware. Like you expect to get, instead of 35, you expect to get like 31 or 30 or 20 or so on and so forth. And, you know, that's, that's kind of what people expect when they run MacBooks. Like th this is supposed to be a premium product. Uh, unfortunately though, that's not the case. And... The person who's really been showing this off put his actual MacBook Pro in the freezer. Seriously. And I just seen a YouTuber has essentially done the same thing, showing the, like, the comparison as well. Which is kind of funny because she did something similar a few years ago. But um, they then ran the same render, which took them... Again, 39 minutes and 37 seconds. And after putting it in the freezer, it ran with substantially better performance. But again, you're paying for premium because of everything. And it's now just pretty much a waste of money. So 
Hey, Ashley, welcome to the stream. Uh, how are you doing? Now, again, MacBooks are typically seen as one of the powerhouses for rendering videos and like doing general creator stuff. Like most creators admittedly use a Mac. There are those like myself that will use a Windows product instead. And the funny thing is, Premiere Pro, which is the program that a lot of these people typically use for um, doing videos and stuff like that. Well, I think that's probably the best a lot of people can do, actually. Um, though, you know, put up the good fight. And the most you can do is just hang in there and just, you know, take each day as it comes. I think that's the important part. But, um, yeah, so Premiere Pro is, again, Adobe, uh, Apple, they typically work hand-in-hand hand a lot of times together. And while they're not, like, optimized for one another, the fact that a Windows computer can, like, there's the one that they're using as an example is the Gigabyte Aero 15X laptop, renders the same file in just over seven minutes raises some serious questions because the macbook pro 2018 uses a lot of the same hardware so something's going on there apple what are you doing like i'm asking that a lot inside the stream what are these companies doing snapchat what are you doing apple what are you doing like these things just do not make sense uh, this is almost as bad as Razer's, Razer's um, Blade 15-inch laptop with its getting insanely hot and its vapor cooling chamber essentially not being able to manage the, uh, the, the heat from it all that well. Quite literally, you will not be able to keep that thing in your lap if you want to do a hardcore gaming session. You'll need to put that thing on a, ta on a table or like a cushion or something to have it in your lap. Um, it's just too hot. And the same thing is applying to the MacBook Pro 2018 version. Um, these things need better fans. And that's the problem that a lot of people are going to be facing when they're trying to get thinner laptops. There's not enough space uh, for the fan. And the fan is what keeps everything cool. That's why I actually got a thicker laptop this go around instead of the MSI that I had previously, which is a Stealth, which is only like this thin. My current laptop is like this thick and granted it's a 15 inch and it's light as heck. It's under 10 pounds, but you know, what's going on? Like I, I only really have heat in like one area and that's by the hard drive. So there has to be some changes inside the design for these things. Yes, they are thin. Yes, they are beautiful. But are they effectively managing themselves well? And the obvious answer at this point in time, I would say, is no. Because you can't keep yourself cool enough to actually work effectively. And it becomes a problem so much so that Apple has to effectively downclock. Not overclock, but downclock the processor speed just to make sure it doesn't get too hot and then end up crashing the system. That's not cool. 
Wow, that was a bad pun. Wow, I actually did that. Sorry, guys. Not sorry? Sorry. Yeah, somewhere up in there. But they also noticed that the uh, there was one person that also declared that instead of the 2.9 gigahertz that you're supposed to be getting or the 2.2 gigahertz that the initial report was saying, there's one person that's saying it's, it's being throttled all the way down to 200 megahertz in a test. That is among, well, among the slowest things you can probably even get. That like takes you back almost a decade when it comes to speed. That is insane. That is not the way you should be going, guys. Holy crap. Like, this upsets me. Like, I, I don't think you guys understand just how much this upsets me. And for anyone that's looking to get a MacBook this year, don't wait until this is fixed seriously and if it's not fixed don't get the macbook pro from this year get the one from last year you'll effectively be saving yourself money more than likely because they'll be discounted at that price and also because you're not going to be getting essentially something that's crap and that's running so hot it's worse off than the one that came out last year now a lot of people are saying let it be tested some more let's hear apple's official response this out of the next and i say yes let's th let these things happen but please for the love of god do not buy a macbook pro as of for 2018 not yet now i've kind of finished up my topics for the for today's show um i like to thank devon and uh ashley along with one other person that kind of popped in from uh from periscope who kind of kept quiet but i'd like to thank you guys for joining in and again if you guys have questions about the show that you want me to answer about technology uh that you'd like any of our guests to answer feel free to hit us up on our email address tech at moarcookies.com or on twitter with the hashtag moar tech and let us know your questions we'll take a look and see if we can answer them on the next episode uh we may be taking a break next week thursday just as a heads up uh, because we're trying to do some redesigns on the stream along with me be actually changing to a different username um and we will be having uh a pre-recorded version of the episode with an interview with Estonia, the among the very first companies, well, countries out there that started the whole e-government trend. So keep an eye out for that as well. So until next week, and uh, well, that one probably that one won't be live, but you can keep an eye out for that. So the week after that, we'll be live again, and of course, I'll try to be on for some gaming. But keep an eye out for that. So until next time, guys, this is Michael Amagon. Take care.